Welcome to Gaming, and this is the first of our What Makes It Great episode. Every few releases, we'll be picking out a specific game that has achieved legendary status, and we'll be drilling down into what has propelled it to such heights and what it means to us personally. So, my name, as ever, is John Robertson. I'm still joined by Stace Harmon, and let's get into what makes Final Fantasy VII so great. So, I was listening back to our Games of the Generation episode of the podcast the other day because uh, for research but also because i'm narcissistic like like that and one of the games you mentioned was one of your top picks and one of the most impactful as well was final fantasy 7 um final fantasy which VII got me remake the final fantasy 7 remake absolutely to qualify it for a game of the generation i see what you did there sneaky mm. and that got me thinking about my experience with that game and i, I the more i thought about it the more i thought well I'm the original game. about this uh the original yeah the original game Back in 97, when I was a 10 to 17 years old. And I'd thought more about it, and I'd researched, and I'd watched some videos, and read some stuff. And I did remember how awesome, and how much impact that game had on me, and how awesome it was. And there's just like a whole list of stuff. And what I'd like to do is see if the stuff that I remember being awesome about it, or that I it, what it meant to me, is, is tallies mm. up with yours, or where they kind of cross over. So... The Materia system was one of the huge things for me. Like that, probably more than anything else, that's the thing that I think about when I think about Final Fantasy VII. The story probably comes in second. Um, And by story, I mean more the themes and the characters because I didn't really remember specifically Mm. the story. Uh, And then just the sheer size of the world and the feeling of freedom and exploration um, that comes in when you get some of the, like the airship and the submarine and stuff. Now, so how much of that tallies up with your, like, where do you rank sort of the, the most important things for you with Final Fantasy Um So, yeah, all of those things are important to me. Um, so I was a bit younger when I played it. I was 12, 12, just turning 13 when I played it. Well, that's when it came out anyway. And I remember getting it very shortly after it came out. Um, so, yeah, the story... The story would be my number one thing, and that that the narrative, like everything, the plot, mm. the characters, mm. whatever, every everything in relation to the narrative and the story. Um, yes, the material system as one of the sort of gameplay elements. Um, I think the turn-based battle system in general, but the material being a huge part of why what made that good. Yeah. I, definitely would highlight that as well i also think the music and the visuals the, the soundtrack is just like in my mind it's just legendary like it is the soundtrack mm-hmm. like the the victory music the um, the main theme like everything every all the um the themes for each location um all of that stuff and yeah the visuals like i don't think i'd ever seen visuals in a game well i know i hadn't i hadn't seen the visuals close to as good as that like the detail on all the backgrounds, the the amount of personality in the characters, you know, they're really blocky faces and big blocky, you know, sort of like ham, <laughs> cooked ham like hands. Like but they yeah. they were just so yeah. full of big personality. Um <laughs> But yeah, all of that. And I I'd never played a game like that. And I like so much of the game is like different elements of the game are the benchmark for other yeah. games. Like it's the yeah. benchmark turn-based battle system. It's the benchmark magic slash materia system. Midgar is the benchmark location. Like the characters mm. or the little the little gang of characters are the benchmark like primary cast of characters. And and the bad guy as well, Sephiroth, is like the benchmark bad guy. Well, because I think also because they're not they they are as far from two dimensional 
Um, no pun intended, because, you know, it's 3D. As far from two-dimensional as it, as it was likely to get, or could get, because they actually felt like the characters, including the bad guys, had actual motivations. They had actual things they were trying to do that they cared about, not just, this is the de facto bad guy, and yeah. you have to kill them. They're evil, the end. Like They had a, they had more, far more going on, which made them far more interesting. Um, yeah, well, they all, they all had real... Um, motivations and a lot of their motivations are kind of come from the same place as well like thinking Mm. about this um they're all really trying to survive after having lost something so cloud Mm -hmm. is trying to to survive after having lost his position in soldier and you know lost like sort of the thing that gave him meaning in life and i was just trying to survive by doing jobs as a mercenary and doing whatever um maybe also though he wouldn't want to admit it at the start of the game also trying to survive by finding a group or a group of um like a support network a family again yeah, something to belong um, to yeah yeah uh tifa is trying to believe that like you know her her life is really bad now but those past happy memories that she had can somehow come back to her and maybe cloud coming back is a part of that mm. barrett is trying to survive keep him as keep him alive keep his daughter alive keep the people that he's protecting alive um by um surviving this harsh world that they're in and trying to bring down shinra so they're all they're all kind of they've all got this like survival aspect um they're all looking for a purpose right like and that's that we we can all relate to that particularly even though we are you know i was 17 you were 12 they those are still formative years in one way or another in different ways in one way or another and you can definitely relate to that notion of wanting a purpose needing a direction needing to commit yourself to something in order to 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 get through life yeah yeah and and they're all yeah totally and they're all different as well like all of like their motivations are and what they're trying to gain um they're trying to gain meaning sometimes those meanings conflict with one another uh, with one another so there's tensions and breakup of the group like it's not just this homogenous yeah. group in which everyone you know like the power rangers or something everyone yeah. is like yeah. on the same team going towards the same thing no there's They're like not tension in the same direction yeah, yeah they want different things yeah and that brings them into conflict with each other yeah which is absolutely is part of that that, that makes them just feel more real it. like yeah. they're, they're they're individuals yeah. rather than just a one one leg of a of a you know this singular beast going through the world doing mm. all this stuff beating all these people like no, like there's, you know, there's trouble in paradise. Like they're not, um, there's, there's, so there's, there's that mini story going on between, well, it's not mini, it's the primary story, you could argue, but there's that story going on between the the protagonists, the primary cast. Um, and then the other story around them, it's like, well, how can, how can we do this bigger? How do we save the planet whilst mm. we're arguing with ourselves all the time? Yeah. Yeah. And that's some of the stuff I, when I very, at the very beginning, I started making notes about the things I remembered and those I've already mentioned. But in terms of the themes, it was the things of like rebellion, eco-terrorism, social mobility, climate change. Mm. And then I've got another sentence right immediately following that that says, plus I really fancied Tifa. So there wasn't all, it wasn't all, you know, it wasn't entirely like, oh, wow, this is so super serious. I'm really into this. 
I also fancied Tifa, so that was a thing. And it came on three discs, which felt like an amazing thing at the time, even though well, it felt that like a meant... huge event when you got that box. And the yeah, box it did was like, like a double big. dual CD case, and it was like yeah. Even though that what that meant was there was lots of cutscenes, which meant lots of non-interactive sequences, which often we deride games for that. Metal Gear Solid often gets uh, you know the finger pointed at it for doing that kind of stuff, but they felt like. They felt like rewards. They felt like, you know, you get to a, a, a cut scene and it's like, there's this has some merit rather than just, oh, this is time for me to go yeah. and get a drink. Yeah, um, well, JRPGs of this sort tend to be, when I say of this sort, like you could argue this is this is the, the, the game that defined this form of JRPG. Um, they are sometimes attacked for being the cut scenes of the carrot on the stick. Like you, mm. you're kind of doing just a slide of just boring drudge work to get to your reward of of the cutscene um and like yeah i can see like some people like, you might think of it like that in final fantasy but um well one those cutscenes were absolutely just ridiculously good uh certainly for the time and you know the stuff that you were doing in between was also excellent as well but uh, some some of the cutscenes like uh, the I think still like the cutscene I remember most of any cutscene in any game um, and just be, I just remember being blown away from it is that sequence at the end of the Midgar section so you're probably mm-hmm. 10 15 hours into the game um, and you're at Shinra headquarters and you've made your way all the way back down to the bottom and you've rescued Red and Clouds, Tifa, Barrett, Reds are in the um Aries there yeah Aries is there as well and she's and you get in that little mini truck thing and Barrett can like <laughs> yeah. barely fit in and then you like it goes up the stairs and clouds on his bike and yeah that cutscene and the music all that yeah. stuff is just freaking amazing like absolutely yeah. incredible and I think like so at the time I'd never played anything like it but I don't know in terms of the the impact it had on me I don't know that I have played certainly not another JRPG that has had that much initial impact on me so i yeah i really liked final fantasy 7 and 12 are my two favorite final fantasies i'm not i'm not really a kind of connoisseur of the series like you are i'm not those are the two ones that stick out for me and i've been back to 12 uh in a remaster but not to to seven mm. and part some of that is the is the gameplay systems the, the materia and the gambits in in 12 i feel like have a similar um basis they're both kind of a there's a notion of programming in both of them and you're experimenting and trying different things and you're given that room to experiment and i think that's the looking back on it like getting into that material system was it was like a revelation i think that was one of the things that getting into that and thinking i have never played a game like this as in not just like this the game is like this i've never played a game in this way in this manner before and I loved it and still love it. And I'm watching the videos to kind of prep for this. So, oh, wow. Yeah. And the, just the materia names, the summons, all of this stuff is like so, there's so much to it that I'd thought I'd forgotten, but realized that there's, it's kind of been there all along. And I'm probably looking for another game to, to have the courage to do that again, because yeah. it's it can be quite off-putting. It's quite a big risk to take in a massive, huge budget AAA game to say, well, a lot of people aren't going to, they will scratch the surface of it, but they're not going to go very deep on this, and that's okay. We're we're allowing players to kind of yeah. set up their own complexity and how much they want to uh, engage with this. Particular yeah, system. like if you don't engage with it, you can kind of just grind through it and just level up far enough, and you'll and you'll eventually be good enough to defeat whatever, or well, mostly whatever you want to defeat. Um, yeah, I yeah I 
uh, like the material system well as i said it's like yeah it's like the benchmark for a magic system in a game i thought it was really smart like listen looking back on it at the time i wasn't really necessarily thinking this but really smart to attach it to gear so like so materia slots into your sword or mm. your uh the bangle thing that uh whatever it's called that you wear around your wrists um whatever whatever gear you've got attached that's where your materia plugs into um so changing a weapon isn't just a case of saying okay i'm now just gonna go plus one on this weapon it could wildly change the slots that you've got available for materia not just make them mm. less it could have more slots but it might just have six individual slots rather than say a two a two yeah. and a four a two a two and a one sorry so you can't link materia yeah and that would be a huge thing like it's like oh wow okay so how do i i really want that swords but then how do i redistribute the materia across yeah. my party in order to in order to retain what I've just had? Or do I just say, okay, this is the time to change and I'm just going to change that the whole thing But it's a clever now. way, I think it's a clever, a cleverly designed way of easing you into that experimentation through through design integration of like, well, you're going to want to get new weapons. They're going to have different slot configurations. So that gently convinces you or, or encourages you to experiment with what you're doing rather than just i can have the same thing but yeah. yeah plus one plus two and all the rest of it it makes you think well okay if i if they're not linked slots or if they are linked slots how does that change what i want to do and and should i just you know try something completely different for the next 10 hours because why not like you yeah. have the freedom to do that it doesn't break the, i mean you it's possible to you know go from a very good build to a very bad one but you can then just correct that straight away. Like there's no there's no real punishment for experimentation. There's just a lot of rewards and and you can get a lot of a lot out of just tweaking that system um just for the sake of it, sometimes experimenting yeah. and not needing the most efficient build, but just looking for interesting interactions. And that was yeah, was and still is, I think, a an incredibly well designed system that it yeah. tricks you into not doesn't trick you, but it it doesn't say here's everything you need to know about materia go it just says there's this system try it when you want and see what you can do with it and that's a very well designed system that well, that just encourages the player rather than punishes them yeah and it's well designed as well from the perspective of if we go back to what we we're saying towards the start and about how the characters are really good and the characterization in general is really good um and they're full of personality and whatever um the materia system and the weapon system kind of builds on that as well because the way that the characters level up like they just get they just get a bunch of xp after each battle battle um and their core character is leveled up and you, you don't decide okay i want to put one point into luck i want mm. one point into vitality mm -hmm. one point into this and it's really abstracted concepts like um that are kind of very pernickety and like western rpgs really love to use them um i you know i like those systems but i, don't, I think they can take away from the character of the game mm. uh, of of the protagonists uh when you compare it to something like final fantasy 7 because by having um because essentially what's happening is all the characters are kind of base characters that are being given xp and their stats are being changed without your say so without you specifically choosing them but you add character and you add personality and you add difference by the materia and the weapons that you give them so it kind of buffs their personality by 
you engaging you you alter them in a way that's kind of tangible rather than abstract like it's easy to understand well, i give you this material and i give you this weapon and that's a very humanistic sort of thing like giving imparting something to someone rather than mm. just saying i'm now going to go into your brain i'm now going to go into your muscles in you and give you plus one vitality or plus one luck that's very abstract it's very gamey um whereas by just giving people things and that's that's how you build difference and personality of action in your characters makes them feel that bit more human like you're just swapping yeah. items between them and it's changing them all around rather than just yeah. these numbers that you're adding yeah and yeah and it absolutely and it does and it means that you can then embrace that idea of well perhaps this weapon isn't as efficient or perhaps this armor isn't as as good or whatever it might be but it does other stuff like because in the real world your preferences are your preferences you might not that's why you know we love certain games that aren't the pinnacle of game design it's just it, what it it's what it means to you it's like it's that it is as you say that human element of of idiosyncratic preference of like well i want my my version of red 13 to be this and yours might be completely different and it's like but that's just how i see that yeah character. and it's completely and different through the things that we've given them rather than the yeah. numbers to say have plus one plus two plus three like you are doing that you are still doing that to them but you're doing it you know you're doing it in a way that kind of makes sense for the world makes sense just on a just on a real life yeah. level yeah. like i give you this and i give you that like well, it's like giving go. somebody a present isn't it it's like me giving you a book versus me giving you a set of dumbbells like if you assuming you use both of those things then one of them is going to increase one of your stats and one of them is going to increase another one but that's not a that's a far more human interaction than and a far more natural thought process to go through than i'm going to tweak this number to make it plus one or, or plus two so yeah so the characters i mean there's some you know i had favorites Tifa definitely was one of my favourites. Uh, and Yuffie, Vincent was another one. I think Vincent was was awesome. But the... The, <laughs> the secret it was, characters. It was... Yeah. Well, it was... Perhaps that was why. And I didn't... I don't think I... Until recently, and I was doing the research and we talked about it, I don't think I even realised that, uh, that they were secret characters. It wasn't like a thing that I set out to find. It was just exploration. And perhaps that was part of why I liked them so much. It was like that... Uh, almost a reward for for exploring yeah which well yeah uh, yeah on the characters i think i like uh, well i don't know i like i like them all but i think what i like about some of the characters cloud and tifa for example um are that they're not they're not like stereotypical goodies you could argue that they're both actually quite selfish um cloud well, certainly at the start of the game cloud is just out for himself um and he's willing to hurt people in order to make that happen he's already, he's willing to kill like who essentially mm. just innocent people doing their jobs in order to get his money um and tifa like wanting to go wanting to really like bring her old memories back have a sort of live a kind of life similar to her past life her motivations are all just about herself really mm. Like they are, but that makes them more likable because it makes them more human. Like they're they're yeah. not just these just shells of superhero kind of characters with these yeah. selfless motivations um, working towards everything. And I think that's that's quite a good element of the game. Like it doesn't um, it doesn't shy away from characterizing these people and their actions as not wholly good. Mm. Like yes, they're trying to save the planet. 
yes, Barrett's, you know, Avalanche, the organization, the eco-terrorist, uh, whatever, the militia, the freedom fighters, whatever you want to call them, um, are trying to ultimately save the people of the slums. But in doing so, they're blowing stuff up that is, that is hurting and killing regular mm. people. Like those people that work for Shinra that are dying in that attack or their lives are being ruined. They haven't done anything about all they're doing is just trying to feed their family and survive like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and the game does touch upon that. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake actually touches upon that much better. There's a lot more stuff in that. But the original does as well. That is still a main theme of the original. Um, so, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, well, just that, yeah, that to... idea of one person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist. I mean, it's it mean you know, yeah, it's but a the game is showing say, both sides it's, of that. Yeah, like... exactly. Yeah, it's it's done in a way that doesn't just. It's not trying to make you sympathise with what are really the bad guys. It's just showing you that it's a bit more complicated. Than well, just it's subjective. Good like you could, yeah, like the people that they're killing, or like you know, someone's someone died in that macro reactor exploded it's not going home today again mm. like their family that has to live through that like, they're not good guys are they mm. like they're bad yeah. guys like they yeah. are cloud and barrett and everyone they are the, they are the worst people on earth they have they yeah. have performed the most destructive act that that family's ever going to go through in their entire existence yeah had it say, not been for their direct actions that person would not have died i mean there is no like oh yeah. they were going to die anyway like no that yeah. it, there wasn't and a big war going on that people were just going to die from it was like this is a thing that you have directly caused yeah and you could say well look guys. at the look at the bigger picture there's a bigger picture it's like yeah okay yeah. but <laughs> the bigger picture for that individual family has just is you know it's been ruined it's gone like that that's it now they're, they're that family is over. And yeah, the game doesn't shy away from saying like, you are playing as people here. The, you know, the, the mm. whole world doesn't think, and it's not just a matter of, well, they're wrong and you're right. It's like, no, no, you're yeah. both wrong and you're both right. And it doesn't, I think what's particularly good is that it doesn't use that as some sort of clever or even contrite third act reveal where it's our surprise no, actually like, you're the bad guy so it's, it's like right hour there one. up from from the beginning so like, oh okay well i need to i need to get used to this if i'm gonna be you know if i'm gonna root for these guys and yeah. you do and it the way that you were describing tifa then reminded me of um uh simon pegg's character in world's end mm. that it's that he's just doing this stuff for himself but his reasons for doing that are are deeper than just you know the surface level stuff it's deeper than just well yeah. i want to go and do x it's like well yeah but i need that i'm clinging on to that because that defines who i am that's you know i've had all this other stuff going on in my life so yeah, yeah there's well, a lot more than just yeah good yeah and, and i think that complexity of uh presentation of themes i suppose mm. um like it's not rammed down your throat in this like very like on a pedestal way like this is wholly good and this is wholly bad like no like they are showing both sides um okay they lean more towards the shinra is terrible and saving the planet at all costs is Mm. probably worth it but it's not it's not wholly just going down that and i think that going down that path and i think that's one of the things that has made it because for me like it's still like the best story in a game okay it might not be the most uh skillfully presented mm. or like, mm -hmm. the best written or uh the most groundbreaking um like the form of the form that it takes is very is, is hardly groundbreaking um but it's the best story in the game at, 
um, in part because it stood that test of time for so long. Like it's 23 years later and the story is still interesting to think about because of that subjectivity that's built into it and because there's internal conflict throughout it um so therefore it's still interesting to look at and decide like, oh which 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 side do you well, not which side do you take but just to play those two sides off of each other um yeah. Yeah. and it's to not it doesn't let the player off scot-free it's not like a yeah you've got a pass to do whatever you want because you're the good guys it's like well yeah. we're presenting this and you need to think about that we well, don't need to you don't have to at all but yeah. you're going to get more out of it and we're, we're not going to shy away from sharing this stuff to you so you either ignore it or you at least give it some sort of thought and think about what this means beyond yeah. what and, you're doing yeah and it stood the test of time as well because it's a discussion of things all those all those things that i've just mentioned you know the rich and the poor corporate control over elected government um uh, eco ecology over sort of mining the planet for wealth and power and energy and all that stuff like it's it's a discussion of those things and those are things that we're discussing now in the world mm. more than more than ever um so it was relevant then but you could argue that the game's only becoming more relevant and i think this is the thing with final fantasy 7 remake um the game was always good, so long as they didn't just cock it up into like royally, which they didn't. Because of the themes in the game, it was always going to find a place today amongst mm. existing fans of Final Fantasy VII and new ones. If you want, if you were prepared to engage in the story, because the themes and the story are super relevant for today, like super relevant, yeah. like you know, I say, arguably more relevant now than they were. So that's that's also one of the reasons why I think it's one of the best stories because it stood the test of time, like almost no other game like mm. uh, like narratively it's um yeah one of its crowning glories is still still so meaningful today and well and so one of the, those themes is that that notion of freedom and people fighting for it and people losing it and people be some people being happy not having it and not disrupting the status quo and living their lives in a certain way because that's easy yeah. And that, I feel like that notion of freedom was something that was very well designed into the gameplay as well, because that's one of the things I remember, getting that airship for the first time, getting the, it, well, that was that was one thing. Getting submarine was, that felt in the way that when you watch, I don't know, like a, you know, Blue Planet style documentary, nature yeah. documentary, that under, under the sea environment felt like a, felt like a far more alien thing you take to the skies that feels like freedom you go underwater that feels far more to me far more like exploration of the unknown but in a chilling way in a in a way that's like this some of this is scary and so coming up against something like the emerald weapon which was mm. the thing that i one of the i think probably the boss i remember more than any others but probably the one that i yeah banged boss. my head against a wall for, against and I, I don't know if i did ruby weapon because that's a harder boss right that's considered to be a harder boss than than the emerald one uh i'm not sure which one's supposed to be harder. Um, i mean both of them were pretty challenging yeah i remember the emerald one i remember the amount of work i put into that it there was a time limit on it that made it a whole other thing and and even the way that that was designed i think there was a 20 minute time limit on that fight which tells you something immediately it's like okay so that's considered presumably that's considered a 
you're only just going to make it if you are going to make it. And it's just, I'm going to be here for 20 minutes working this out. And it's 20 minutes not of just sat there trying to work out like what to do. It's it's almost full on. You need to go into that fight with a game plan, mm. which means probably you need to have done it a couple of times at least. Yeah. And then combining all of those other things together um, and the, yeah, the material and, and what who's doing what uh, and strategies. Like I look back on it and I'm, I'm kind of amazed that I managed to beat it I think because in examining this, it's made me realise that I used to play games in a different way to I play them now. I don't, mm. I don't think I put the same amount of time or effort or energy or thought into games outside of playing them. Like Final Fantasy VII mm. was a game that I was thinking about when I wasn't playing it. I was thinking about how do I do that and planning it and like oh, maybe I could try this, maybe I could do that. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. I just don't know that I do that anymore. I um, think maybe I, that's a sign of the times, or I don't know. I was well, I think it's probably a sign of age. Yeah, more. Yeah. You got more, less, more free thinking time when you're younger, I suppose. Um, yeah. On the yeah. So on on those tough on those tough battles. I remember. I mean, I was only twelve when I played this and i played chrono trigger after this i think so i think my only um and i hadn't played final fantasy one to six this was the first final fantasy i'd played at that point um and i think the only jrpg i'm trying to think so i'm not including zelda as a jrpg but the only jrpg i think i played seriously before this was the pokemon games on game boy i think that's right um and I just remember coming to this and just, yeah, things like, yeah, the scale of the battles like that and the complexity of the battles that you're, that you're talking about. Um, I mean, compared to Pokemon, which I love, you know, don't get me wrong, I love Pokemon, but compared to that, it's just like, whoa, like this is just, this is something, this is a whole new thing. Like they're both vaguely the same genre, but this is, this is way beyond like, uh, you know everything about it was way beyond what pokemon had the plot the characters there's barely any plot in pokemon is there it's like go out go and get you mm. know, go and do all the gym badges and get all the pokemon and come back um and it and the fighting the combat system in that is yeah i mean compared to this compared to final fantasy 7 that time it's just like nothing nothing in in can't you yeah. can't even be compared um and and then it was all the, all the stuff around like when you're in combat um just the look of the look of the game like all the spells and when the summons were coming in i just remember first yeah. like getting the first summons it's like whoa like this is knights of the round it was like a 90 seconds so another, animation another secret that. another secret you just wait through all the secret stuff you can, like, in the, yeah and then you get mime and it repeats it and it's like oh i'm just gonna sit here for for several minutes just watching my my knights of the round doing damage um, to her emerald weapon yeah so it was all just uh, yeah it was just such a massive step up for me mm. um in other games like that that i'd um that i'd played and i still think i still think today there's not i don't know if there's been a game that's as impactful that i've ever played mm. since there there are games that i absolutely love and adore and from from that era as well metal gear solid grand Turismo one um but I don't, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to think of like, is there another game that I've played that is as impactful that I've consistently, like, I don't know if I think about it every day, but Final Fantasy VII goes through my mind in some form, probably like every week, probably. Like, that's probably a thing. Like, I'm not sitting there sort of 
um, just sort of meditating on it for hours at a time. But I'll probably something will remind me of something. There'll be like, you know, whenever I see like a sword in anything, it's like, well, mm. is it as good as Klaus' sword? Um, <laughs> like <laughs> um, like <laughs> anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, like, like they, there's some like, souls like that in Demon Souls though, right? Like that, they've got some yeah, There is a like giant that one like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Like anytime I see like an anime kind of haircut, it's always to compare it to Cloud's like quiff bit at the front, like all of that stuff. Like probably, uh, I can't think of another game that, um, or probably film or book or anything um, that I just like regularly, very regularly comes up in my mind. Like it's almost like, you know, it's just been imprinted on, uh, it's just got yeah. this like blueprint, this membrane across my entire mind of this stuff being subconsciously or consciously filtered. And that's like, a giant chunk of it is Final Fantasy VII. Well, that so I don't know that Final Fantasy is directly responsible for that because this that leads into this point that we'll we'll probably perhaps finish on as we as we start to wrap up. But as I went back and started looking at Final Fantasy VII and started researching it, and um, was looking at YouTube videos, and there were, there's I mean there's loads. Obviously, people are still making videos to this day about the original Final Fantasy, let alone Final yeah. Fantasy VII, let alone the remake. And it's all about, you know, these, how to, how to use the battle system in this way or how to sometimes how to cheese it or how to be the most efficient at leveling, how to, Mm. you know, just get the most out of it. And I feel like seeing all of that games developers are, can't help but be influenced by that level of discussion that's going on and that level of um, dissection that's going on. And I think it is what allows or encourages developers people like from software making demon souls mm. that has all of these going back to the original release of demon souls all of these what feel like very obscure things of how could you ever possibly know about world tendency or how to how to influence it or even when you do what it means or how these things are connected and without having a community of people without seeking out other people and have this having this hive mind approach to it either explicitly or just I'm going to go online and look up some stuff that is you know you're you're tapping into that and the notion of like having a game like Final Fantasy 7 where there is a system that you can interact with to quite a a uh, low level extent or a high extent like the materia system feels like it to me like it gives permission or encourages developers to develop games that require or benefit from online communities where mm. people are dissecting it and pe- some people put in hundreds of hours some people only put in 10 hours but everybody's got their own take on it everybody's everybody can learn from each other you can experiment you can be the person that that optimizes everything you can be the maverick who just wants to try out crazy combos and yeah. perhaps learn something that other people aren't learning in doing that i feel like a lot of that stuff like demon souls comes from a game like final fantasy 7 where they had the they took the step. They made that kind of brave decision to have a system that was so detailed that it benefited from that that online community, even post-release, kind of, you know, in the years after. Yeah. Well, I and think... then From Software can look at that and say, well, do you know what? There is a willingness to do this. People, not everybody will, but some people will. And that we're at, we, we can design a game that requires or benefits from additional outside kind of research and not have to explain absolutely everything in our game and not have that be a negative that can be a it can enrich it for the people that want to explore it yeah. and i feel like that there's a link the line there that goes from final fantasy 7 to to demon souls yeah um 
Yeah, possibly. I, I think it's definitely a game that has shown that like the legend of the game and the conversation around the game can be as big and as impactful, mm. I suppose, as the game itself. Because um, you can well, just like you can in Demon's Souls or Dark Souls, you can... You could only play those games, Final Fantasy VII, Dark Souls, Demon's Souls. You can play those for like an hour, two hours, and then never play them again, or never play them. And you can still go online and consume so much stuff that you know, mm. you know all about them, and you know all about their systems and the story and the characters and the locations and everything. And you never, you never have to touch the game once. Probably, mm. um, I mean, it will help to get you that first-hand sort of reaction to it. But you could you could probably legitimately understand not only the story but all the gameplay systems and everything yeah. in there without ever touching it because it has it has a cultural significance beyond far beyond just personal experience it just it it means more it means more to the collective whole than it does just i think to one individual person well yeah I, of, and i yeah, think what it does for that medium yeah and and when it the time it came out as well on ps1 a couple of years into ps1's life um <clears throat> it it for me and i mean obviously for other people as well like the reaction to it at the time i wasn't well we weren't unique in our sort of positive reaction to it um it genuinely did feel like oh my god okay like we're into gaming has just moved into a new place mm. now mm-hmm. like this just has just blown everything that's anywhere vaguely similar to this completely out of the water <laughs> like yeah. it's not like this is we have genuinely moved on this is a this is a even at that time even at 12 years old for me like you just knew it's like whoa this is different like this is a new thing like games have gone to the next they've opened a new door here they've gone to the next level like whatever cliche you want to use like this you know final fantasy you know forced it into a new place and there you have it what makes final fantasy 7 so great do come and tell us what you think by getting in touch with us on social media we're at indie by design across all platforms and if you visit our twitter you'll also find a link to our discord server and also do check out doublefinebook.com to secure your copy of 20 double fine years which is our officially licensed and endorsed book of all things double fine from psychonauts and psychonauts 2 to broken age brutal legends and quite literally everything in between that's at doublefinebook.com Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.